Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. I mean, you're locked and loaded to Wrestling Inc. As we talk all things AEW Dynamite plus the top stories in the pro wrestling world. Good evening, everybody. I am Justin LaBar, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we're going to do this thing. I had a lot of fun here being joined, as I so commonly am here on Wrestling Inc. He is the man up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Referee for more than 20 years in the WWE. He made counting to three as cool as it can be i'm talking about the living legend the one the only jimmy corderas jimmy how are you after that intro i am feeling fantastic i what can i tell you man i appreciate the 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 kind words and uh i'm feeling good uh interesting fun looking forward to talking about tonight's episode that's for sure i can be a little nitpicky at times and that may come out at times but we'll see we'll see where it goes <laughs> we'll see we'll see where we go yeah a lot to talk about from dynamite also joining us tonight, always in, uh, love it when he can uh, join the lineup, coming to us from somewhere in Virginia. He's playing the beautiful musical notes during the day, and he's preaching the beautiful wrestling analysis here tonight with us. He is the one, the only Matt Kuhn. Matt, welcome back. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, been here a lot, subbing recently, and much like Jimmy, um, uh, I'm a little nitpicky, but unlike Jimmy, I have no idea what I'm talking about, so it should be a fun <laughs> Well, that's that's subjective, I guess, to everybody of where course. you land on that. But we will uh, we will nitpick, uh, and we want we'll nitpick, but we'll compliment, I'm sure, uh, as well as we go through dynamite. Uh, before we do AEW dynamite, let's talk about a few news items. Uh, I wish they were something positive, but uh, lately, <laughs> lately in pro wrestling, there's a little bit harder to come by, uh, especially when we're talking about uh, wrestling executives. First, let's start with TNA. Yes, the newly returned rebranded tna wrestling uh they have fired their president scott demore uh that was announced by anthem sports entertainment uh that that of course owns tna and uh jimmy this to a lot of people in the wrestling world came out of nowhere no it came out of nowhere to not yeah not only the wrestling world those who are fans of tna and and people who know a little bit of the backstory of the tna brand you know i, I like scott scott's a friend of mine uh, you know, uh, he's a good dude. He's, he, he took a company basically that looked like they were on the 
edge of becoming maybe part of the WWE library, <laughs> so to speak. And he elevated that company to where, you know, it's it's something to watch now. It is a company that wrestling fans, diehard wrestling fans who are getting it, are, are, are grasping. And I like his product. He's got a great wrestling mind. And he's got some good people surrounding him, helping him with the creative aspect and, and the booking. But at the same time, this looks more like a business decision. Nothing more. They, he, he, Like I said, Scott's a great wrestling mind. But from a business standpoint, they need to grow their product more. You see the WWE making these big deals now with Netflix and that going on. Uh, you know, AEW with TBS. You can argue that TNA is at a level now that if they were had a bigger platform, that they may be competing with AEW for who's number two brand. They have that good a roster. So I think it's nothing more than a business move, them trying to get their product out there as as best they can, whether it's going to be via streaming services, whatever it is. Um, I just, again, like you said, came out of nowhere, kind of surprised me, though. Yeah, Matt, they uh, they obviously just had their event, TNA Hard to Kill, a couple weeks ago. Uh, safe to say, some of the best momentum they've had in a long time. So, you know, most everybody behind the rebranding, going back to TNA, that Hard to Kill event, uh, I watched it. I thought it was a, a good success. Um, so interesting timing that they would have that, and then two, three weeks later, whatever it's been now, make this decision. This almost feels like you would make this decision prior to the relaunch. As opposed to making Scott Demore the face of the relaunch, you know, which is what he very much was. He was the guy in the ring. He was the guy rallying the troops, which is what makes this all the more surprising. Of course, as there are often, there's whispers of perhaps some other reasons why. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know anything about it. But at the same time, when you look at the fact that he was the face of the of the reboot and this just happened, if you're going to, um, you know, listen to, to some of those rumors, you can. But maybe it also has to do with the fact of, uh, you know, maybe some people at TNA did not like the relationship with WWE because I hear that Scott Demore was very much involved with the relationship with WWE. And maybe somebody felt that wasn't a good thing for them. Nobody really knows as of yet. But again, the people that I know that know Scott Demore uh, like him a lot and think he's very good, and we're very surprised. Yeah, same. Uh, from from what I've been able to uh, gather as well is he, he was re relatively liked by those who worked with him in TNA. Um, you mentioned the the, the 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 cross promotion there with WWE, you know, and working the Rumble. I, I'd be curious what I'm sure we're going to get more details as time goes on. Um, you know, I've I've also heard speculation that he butted heads with anthem sports and at the end of the day anthem sports is going to win out because it's it's they control the company so we'll something to keep an eye on i i'd have to suspect though uh, we have not seen the last of scott demore in the pro wrestling business so we'll see where he pops mm -hmm. up next all right well that's a story you know somebody lost their job no good there but like i said i think scott demore will land on his feet and uh mm -hmm. he'll move on in tna certainly can again we'll continue on uh this next story uh not as positive on any level at all but uh we will address it it is on wrestlingnake.com i am going to paraphrase some bits both for brevity and for graphic nature uh, but if you want to get the full thing again you can go to wrestlingnake.com uh so this is a story um about the late ashley massaro a former diva in, in in wwe she passed away in 2019 um uh by, by suicide uh but in 2016 she had there was allegations that she was on one of the uh, international tours that WWE would often often does where they send talent over and they go to different military bases, um, boost them around and such. 
And she had alleged when she was on one of those tours uh, of Kuwait uh, that she was drugged and sexually assaulted by members of the armed forces. Uh, in her allegations that happened, in her allegations that she, when she got back to the U.S., there was a uh, quiet meeting with Vince McMahon, with John Laurinaitis, with Kevin Dunn, and with some other uh, execs and or lawyers. And they basically said, you know, we're sorry, but let's keep this quiet. We don't want to damage the relationship of what we're doing with the United States military. Uh, obviously, that was very that, that continued the pain that she was already dealing with. Uh, well, now in a new report from Vice, former WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, who, of course, already is under fire, fire in the most recent uh, civil suit that in allegations towards he and Vince. John Laurinaitis' attorney in, uh, has confirmed to Vice that they did know about this, that 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 the that, that they kind of were going against the company line of you know the WWE had always denied saying that we weren't aware of this. There's no there was no cover up. There's no what have you. And John Laurinaitis' management is basically saying you know, there was a there we were aware of this. Um, again, I'm, I'm I'm being very brief in the you know if you want to get all the details, but Jimmy, this. Um, just when you, just when we think we can't get another ugly story from the past, um, yeah, this is here's another one, and, I, and obviously, yeah. you know, Ashley Massaro no, no longer with us, so no longer able to uh, defend her side of things. But uh, mm-hmm. this is this is ugly. No, it is, and 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 that's the hard part about it. You know, as someone who has been there and been, you know, around these people and worked for these people, you don't see this side of them. You know what I mean? I was one of those guys that went there. I did my job as as best I could every every day, day in, day out, was treated, uh, I I thought, fairly by the company when I was there. And and then you hear this ugly side of it and it it makes you scratch your head and you just want, you know, uh, eventually the truth will come out. And when the truth does come out, those who need to uh, pay the consequences have to pay the consequences. Let's put it that way. It, it's, like you said, it's an ugly situation. It's tough to talk about, especially after uh, all the allegations against Vince, Vince McMahon came out. I just, again, for someone who, who who saw one side of it, hearing this side of it kind of upsets me. And and I can't, I can't imagine what, what uh, Ashley was going through and what her family was going through at the time, too. You got to feel for them as well. Sure, sure. And Matt, I've not got to talk to you at all on the air or off the air about any of this uh, that's all happened in terms of the allegations towards WWE and executives. Uh, but we have Laurinaitis, you know, uh, this matter, and then his response, his first uh, public legal response uh, through his lawyers uh, to the allegations from Janelle Grant were, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically saying uh, he's a victim, that, that he's not, he, that he should, that he's a victim. Now they're kind of, kind of alluding to that, you know, Vince is his boss and, and more is going to come out. And, uh, Lauren, I just feels like this is a mafia movie where he's just flipping and just he's just letting everything out right now. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a. Uh, it's funny you said that. I was my first line was gonna be he's going full Sammy the Bull here. He's going full Sammy the Bull. Um, you know, he's got himself uh, some some horrible accusations, and now all this stuff is coming out where it is so apparent that this stuff happened. It is so likely that this stuff happened that his defense is to admit it all happened and to put himself in a different light in regards to these things. And then coming out with Ashley Massaro information, it just seems like posturing. Um, I don't know anybody involved in this, but just from the outside, 
It looks like he is trying to put himself in the best possible light. But at the same time, those of us out in the public who are watching can see that these accusations by Ms. Grant and the ones by Ms. Massaro uh, have teeth. They're real. And that's the takeaway we should have and how to prevent this from happening in the future and how to hold everybody accountable who were part of this in the past. Yeah, it um, certainly does not. This does not feel like this is the end or even close to the end. This feels like this is going to get uglier before anything gets cleaned up. Uh, and that's even if, and I'm kind of going back now to Janelle Grant, um, and that's even if things get settled out of court because they don't want to go to discovery or this, this is still just going to get ugly before, again, things get cleaned up and uh, and, and yeah. justice even potentially is served. So there you go. There's uh, two um, very interesting, very newsworthy, but uh, very uh, – Unfortunate stories. Again, you can get the full down to the word detail uh, of both stories on wrestling, plus a whole lot much more. Uh, gentlemen, what do you say we actually talk about things in the wrestling ring now, huh? Sure. Let's get there. <laughs> All right. AEW. Here we go. AEW Dynamite coming to, uh, from Phoenix, Arizona tonight. And we kick it off with a match to determine who will be the next challenger to Samoa Joe in his AEW world title uh, on March 3rd. <clears throat> we got Hangman Page versus Swer Swerve Strickland. Uh, Swerve has beat Hangman every time they've encountered each other. So uh, Swerve needs to do it one more time here in order to get to Samoa Joe. That's the story going into this. Uh, crowd very much behind Swerve. Commentary even noted it's a 90-10 Swerve crowd. And they even, you know, they kind of they, they sold the their surprise to an extent. Uh, Taz is kind of justifying it of how the crowds today in 2024 are different in terms of who they like and what they expect. Uh, we got a pretty a uh, pretty good-looking table spot, albeit no DQ called there, Jimmy, but <laughs> the mm -hmm. match goes on. But this is a 30-minute time limit match, and Swerve uh, looks like he's going to have the finishing uh, touches right here. One, two, and then ding, ding, ding. Time has expired, so just short by one second. So it's a draw. Swerve wants five more minutes. Hangman's not going to do that, but then Tony Khan, through Tony Schiavone, announces that this will be now a triple threat. Samoa Joe versus Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page. Jimmy, do you like the booking of taking this down to the final second, and do you like the result of both men get to go to the world title match? Uh, to Believe it or not, I do. I mean, like you said, there were little things in the match, like the table spot, which, you know, hey, you know, technically speaking, could be a DQ, but uh, hey, it is, it is AEW, and they let a lot of things slide from the rule standpoint. But, hey, these two guys put on a heck of a match. They told a nice little story. They started off slow. They let it build. They let it build. They let it build up to that finish, uh, which I didn't see coming. And I like the fact that they didn't do the countdown. You know, where it's a five, four, three, two. And, and even the people looked a little confused by it. And – the, the five, you know, Swerve asking for the five extra minutes and Hangman just embracing that heel side throughout the entire match because he felt the crowd, you know, totally against him. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it being a three way. The one thing that I had a big problem with is, excuse me, wait, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone, who I like, it's, it has nothing to do with Tony himself. Uh, I just heard from Tony Khan that the match at the pay per view will now be a three. Why don't we have an authority figure that actually comes out like an Adam Pierce, like a Nick Aldis, a general manager, someone, so so to speak, 
to come out and make this announcement in front of a live crowd instead of having Tony. It kind of took away from the moment, if, if for me anyways. I don't know how the, the live crowd was with everything, it seemed like during that thing. But for me, it took away from that moment. It's almost like maybe a Scott Demore would fit in there nicely and help them do some booking in AEW as well because he has that mind and show him as the authority figure. Maybe that's a place he could end up. Uh, very well could. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tony Khan has certainly shown us, as we'll see again later, uh, he needs a prompter. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I saw you on, on Twitter tonight uh, talking about this, uh, the crowd reactions and who is what. Uh, what do you make of Swerve, uh, who, has, who, I mean, seemingly feels like he is the most or one of the most over baby faces in the company? And, and Hangman Page, who was supposed to be one of the darlings coming into this company when it started, uh, is is got the crowd all against him. It's one of these things where people want to say, uh, you know, the fans have taken uh, control of things and are, you know, aren't going along with the program. But when you watch the when you watch the program, you see there. What other way are fans supposed to react? Like Swerve, super cool, super great song. Um, beat the hell out of Hangman for four months and invaded his house, cut a promo on his baby. Um, I love saying that. In the <laughs> dance, everything. Uh, Hangman, once again, the most confusing, inconsistent character ever with this X factor, this it factor, and a sequence of moves that, in the right context, he could just be this explosively very popular guy. But it already been done. Swerve is liked. Hangman's disliked. And for reasons that are on the screen, so people talk about this double turn happening, for me... Like, if you're really going to do a double turn, which would be not just saying, hey, Swerve's okay, and Hangman's kind of bad now. No, it's already that way. The fans don't like Hangman. They they love Swerve. Then you really have to hammer it home. There should have been a bigger moment for Hangman to maybe even hit uh, attack Swerve after the bell. All kinds of stuff could happen. Uh, Swerve showing that he had some kind of code. Um, many things could have happened to make it a more overt instead of, this just death by a thousand paper cuts, nuanced booking. I hate it going to a three-way. I was so hopeful last week when they said it was one-on-one because I think a focused one-on-one feud is so much better than a three-way feud with these kind of, you know, malleable, inconsistent roles. So do we think, now that we know that it's a triple threat, Jimmy, uh, are these two going to cancel each other out? Is this how Samoa Joe retains? Or do we think Tony Khan and uh, the booking committee pull the trigger on this popularity that Swerve has? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that this is a way to get out of the situation where, yes, you want to see Swerve go against Joe. And if you want the, Joe to, to retain the championship, this is a way to get past that. Uh, a lot of people may not like it, but it, that's the wrestling business. You're trying to not, uh, there's a way to do it one-on-one -on -one where Swerve gets screwed out of the title, but that's not Joe. Do you know what I mean? That's not yeah. something you see from Samoa Joe. So uh, this, this I think, is a way to get past that, make um, uh, Hangman the, the fall guy in this thing, so to speak, so that they can get to the next, whatever the story is going to be after that. But eventually it does have to be Swerve as the guy it, it, because it, it, that's what the fans are, want right now. Matt, we, want, making, we want Swerve. <laughs> we want Swerve. Matt, if you're making early bets uh, while the odds are what they are, uh, who do you have walking out of the next AEW pay-per-view as the world champion? I'd say at this point in time, Joe, because it's funny. Wrestling is such a uh, is such a 
sport of of just momentum, right? Because this really was supposed to be Adam Cole. Like, Adam Cole was supposed to be in this position. He got hurt. MJF got hurt. So we got to put it on Joe. And then Swerve got got uh, hot. And it was like, well, it's going, to, it's going to Swerve. Like, it's going to Swerve and Revolution. But then Joe has really shown himself to be maybe the guy AEW's needed this whole time as a champion. So I think Tony Khan is reading those tea leaves, knowing the hotness of Swerve ain't going anywhere, and uh, keeping the title on Joe uh, for the time being. I don't know if I agree or disagree, but in a three-way, I think I like that better than in a one-on-one. All uh, good explanations. We'll see how things continue to shake out as we uh, <clears throat> go through the rest of the month of February. So we go from the men's world title picture <laughs> over to the women's, and I just I love my fist. probably probably the number one number one act I enjoy watching on AEW TV each week is Timeless Tony Storm. She has a match against Red Velvet. Diano Perazzo uh, is on commentary. Tony gets to win via ankle lock, and then after the match. Prazo gets to the ring and the ladies have a little uh, little stare down. Uh, Dynamo's Tony gives a little kind of like sniff, and if you want to call it, to Perazzo. Uh Matt, what's your thoughts on this? I, I, I don't know. I Dynamo's Tony Storm is just such an entertaining act. Um, I was a little surprised in the last few weeks to see that like we're with Perazzo being the new uh, you know signee that they're already kind of letting her. She's acting as the heel kind of, and they're just letting. Tony Storm is just getting over with her popularity. So once again, I have and I have this several in several times in AEW, like this bit of confusion or question of who's the face or who's the heel and is it right or wrong. But um, no matter, I'm just in love with Timeless Tony Storm. What say you with this women's program? Uh, you know, Timeless Tony Storm has been great. Uh, Tony Khan always has a you know shiny new thing uh, fixation where he likes his new things. I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, you get new people on. Plus, Diana has stepped up to the plate and been fantastic. And the best part about this, and I think we should lean into this more, is Deanna going, who is this person? What the heck's going on? Why are, why are you acting like this? I would love it to be more like, what in the hell is going on? Why is everything black and white? Why are you talking like this? Why are you guys feeding into this? I, I would love Deanna to kind of even break through and get stronger with the kind of fourth wall what the hell is going on here? Deanna stepped up to every opportunity and uh, has uh, surpassed um, almost everybody's expectations except mine because I knew she'd be awesome. Yeah, Jimmy, um, yeah, with this story going on, um, you know, it, it's it's clear that it uh, looks like AEW is going to be rolling out another big female talent name here in the coming weeks, which we'll talk about. Uh, this does kind of feel like AEW is maybe hitting some of their best stride right now with what they're presenting in terms of the women's division. Uh, what do you think of this timeless Tony Storm feud with her longtime friend, Deanna Peraza? I like it because there's a backstory to it and they're trying to present that. And, and Deanna Peraza is actually giving most of the backstory, which is good because it's coming from the source. You know what I mean? As opposed to, uh, yes, the announcers are helping tell the story and that's their job. They have to help tell the story, but it is coming from Deanna Prado. Question for you guys, because, you know, sometimes I forget things, you know, too many ref bumps over the years. But uh, when they talked about the tattoos, where is Deanna Prado's tattoo? Both of them was on their ankles. And what did she use for a finish tonight? Ankle lock. Tony Storm. M maybe Tony Storm can say something to the effect when she interacts with Deanna Prado as you talk about that tattoo, the matching tattoos. 
you don't deserve to wear that tattoo anymore. So I am going to put that ankle lock on it and I'm going to rip that tattoo off you or something along those lines or, you know, erase it from, from your memory or from your ankle or whatever the case may be. But I like the fact that there's a backstory to this. Yeah. I like it. I, uh, I, 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 maybe if I missed it, I apologize, especially as I'm claiming my Tony Storm fandom. This is the first time I can recall her using the ankle lock. So I'd have to say that's a great call on you, Jimmy. Um, I'm surprised you know, the, if, it was, if, if it was done on purpose, which I assume it was, that that uh, color was not given. But uh, we'll see if she continues to do so. So that uh, fun fun match, uh, fun interaction, I should say, mm-hmm. post-match there between those two ladies. All right, we got a Blackpool Combat Club, <clears throat> all three of them in uh, Moxley, uh, Brian Danielson, and uh, Claudio. They're going to go up against the uh, trio from CMLL. Uh, and I got to say, and I, and I saw this, this was my, it was my first time in Italy, uh, and I know he's a veteran, and I know some people that watch. Uh, a lot of luchadors are going to say, oh, well, you've been living under a rock. But this Heichi Ciro, uh, he fought a one-on-one match against Brian Danielson on Collision last Saturday. And we voted on Bustle Open on Sunday that this was our match of the week. Uh, that 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 It was just a tremendous match. Um, I, I really encourage you to go check it out. He's part of this CMLL trio here tonight uh, in this match against the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, some high-flying uh, luchador uh, spots, as you would expect. Uh, of course, uh, commentary selling that if it's going to be that that favors the luchadors and of course blackpool combat club they want to fight and make this more of a mat game or a slugfest uh but finally the ref's going to get slightly bumped and claudio is going to a low bro- low blow hatisero and he's going to end up getting the win so we get this jimmy and then post match there's some more luchadors that are sitting front row they jump in not happy with what the blackpool combat club did but then we get more AEW wrestlers come down uh this is unusual to me at least because this pitted AEW as the heels when normally it's the outside invading group that you paint as the heels. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, I don't know how I feel about this. What do you make of this? Yeah. And even Taz tried to say that on commentary. He says, look at uh, the cr- crowd the crowd is cheering for these CMLL guys, but I see, I view them as outsiders trying to come in and, and that's how it should be presented. But you know, uh, that Lucha style, you could still be heels and still do that lucha style. I love the, the idea of the clash of the the, the styles. You have sorry, he did he did great heel work against Brian Tennyson on Saturday in the one on one match. Exactly. So it can be done, but you know, this crowd was loving everything in this match. They were cheering all the moves. They weren't cheering for it, didn't feel like they were cheering for a team, they were cheering for a moves. As, as opposed to anything else and it just what anything that anybody did and getting to that finish with the referee you know i as i say i nitpick and is coming you know from the world of the striped shirt the little things that matter you know and getting to work with some great guys like eddie guerrero during the lie cheat and steal era and eddie and chavo and all that sort of stuff when he was in the corner, and it, it didn't look like he got bumped. He did a little bit, but it was almost looked like he was covering up not to see it, yeah. if you get my drift. But he stayed there too long, and, and the low blow took too long to happen. If he'd had just shot him into the corner, and when the referee turned and you know to to avoid getting hit with, with the, or the contact, that's when it should have happened right away, and then the referee could look up and going, like, what the heck did I miss? Did I, did I did I miss something? You can't call what you don't see. Yeah, it's just yeah. Again, little things. Yeah, Matt. We know that Tony loves, um, he, you know, he, Tony kind of loves doing these interpromotional angles. He loves to be able to use 
talent from all around the world, which, uh, you know, on paper is a cool concept to have to truly have an open kind of door to where, you know, you can see every, any literally anybody and everybody in the wrestling world except for WWE and then now probably TNA talent. Um, but what do you make of how this is being executed? Uh, are are you with it? Do, do, does this have your interest or do we just need to move on and, and stick to no, you guys? Not at all. Um, not not any bit of my interest at all. Hey, Justin, remember like when you were a kid and you like played kickball and then one day you're like, uh, hey, what if we had no outs? What if there's unlimited strikes? You know, like, it, and then you start playing the game with with no rules and it kind of loses its form, it loses its function, and most importantly, it loses its fun. And mm -hmm. so I think in the Lucha style, you definitely can have it if it's synchronized in the right way where it's a very entertaining match. But this one never clicked to me. It, it, I died a slow death the entire match. It was just long without purpose. And the continued and increasingly diminishing of the star power of the guys in the Blackpool Combat Club because they're being grouped together. And they're also now in a feud with guys who are, you know, they're great luchadors, but they're not really people, for for people who are a little smaller, you need to do some presentation, some background, beyond a collision match, to see them as a threat, you know, to freaking John Moxley and Daniel Bryan, like these are, these are big, big names. You know, these are huge guys. You stick them in the Black Bull Combat Club. It's the sum is less than the whole of its parts. And then now you have this very confusing match, like Jimmy was saying, that the ref missed missed the, the crotch shot. But, like, there were people just camped out in that ring. Like, there was no form, no structure at all. I understand Lucha rules, but it wasn't even that. And I, I was waiting for the match to end, and that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely on the belief of the Black Bull Comic Club is past its expiration date. <clears throat> Not the three individuals; they're all three are great talents, but uh, everything, everything down to the name. William Regal's been going for over a year. Let's let's move on. Let's give Moxie a break. <laughs> I know he Look, can't I, take the. I, I'm just saying, me and Regal. I'm sorry, he doesn't like being called Regal. He likes being called Mister Regal. Me and Mister Regal had a podcast. When he left the podcast, the podcast was over. When he left the BCC, maybe the BCC <laughs> should be over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and part of me wants to give Moxie a, a damn vacation, but then you know, with Adam Cole getting injured and MJF injured, it's like he just can't. Moxie just can't find an opening where they can uh, they can let him go home. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't. So I guess we'll see where this goes. I don't. I guess it's obviously it's going to build to just one grand Braveheart like showdown where everybody just converges in the middle of the ring. I guess by the pay per view of you know it'll be. 10 AEW guys versus 10 Hello. CML. How are we? Are we on the air? Yeah. Jimmy's yeah. frozen. Uh -oh. I can elf. Justin's okay. gone. Jimmy's frozen. Uh -oh. If you can. Uh, I can no, hear I you. Can see the no, we, we can hear you, Matt. Man, I see Matt's frozen. No, Matt's frozen. Yeah. All right. We'll let Matt. Uh, uh, this is quite a situation here. All right. I'm going to. I'm going to just. Bouncing in and out, yeah. Justin's just. Go right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. remove Matt for a second while he uh, jumps back in. Get, get him a second. I let him yeah. let him reboot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I I'm again I'm entertained by, by some of the luchadors. Uh, like I said, right. I just hate you, Sarah, most notably. But I'm kind of against uh, against the overall overall goal. I, if I even know the overall goal, we'll, you know, mm. but nonetheless. 
it does it does not not to keep harping on this but it does feel like mm-hmm. an us versus them scenario but again the fans are cheering both both entities so mm-hmm. you know yeah all right and we do see backstage uh undisputed kingdom has attacked chuck taylor uh, i don't believe we got any more follow-up on the night of that so that that was uh a quick little bit there so not really going to spend any time on that uh we do get finally to tony khan's announcement hopefully Matt will jump back in before we move off this topic because I'm sure we all have our our opinions to weigh in on this. Uh, so Tony Khan had another big announcement, so we all were waiting with bated breath, and he announces that you might have seen earlier in the day, and I did see this earlier today, that the TD Garden in Boston uh, has announced that AEW Dynamite will be coming on Wednesday, March 13th, and Tony Khan is announcing that that show, that, F, that episode of Dynamite, will be dubbed Big Business. And if you look at the font, it had a very uh, money-inspired kind of font and and and, and characteristics, and it, in the background of some of the graphics, it said Boston, but it was spelled Boss with two S's, S's being dollar signs. Uh, Jimmy, much like when they were going to Chicago some years back, uh, and and they never officially announced it, but it kind of became the worst kept secret uh, of look who's going to show up in Chicago, and it was CM Punk. And this particular situation, it kind of feels like worst kept secret. It's going to be. Uh, Sasha Banks, of course, now known as Mercedes Monet, not mm-hmm. quite as strong of a connection to Boston to the fans. And CM mm-hmm. Punk is literally Chicago-made punk, but Boston is where she's from, uh, and that appears to be uh, what we are building to. Your thoughts on the announcement, and your thoughts on the likelihood uh, of, uh, that they've signed and have Mercedes Monet on the roster? Well, I didn't see it as a huge announcement because, A, like you said, there were ads out there and stuff I saw, I saw on Twitter that said they were coming to the, T, uh, the TD Bank Garden, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that news was already out there. It was on, you, you know, you saw it everywhere pretty much. On, on I think even Wrestling Inc. had something mentioning it. So that news was already out there. It was just basically like a little show to say, hey, we're having this show, Big Business, at TD Bank Garden. And like you said, the font for the S's look like little dollar signs, Mercedes Monet. So it's like the worst kept secret in the world. So why not, if you have signed her and you think she's going to be a game changer, announce it. Yes, I know we're five weeks away or whatever the case may be, but you basically gave it away. So if you're going to give it away, Give it away, yeah, completely. <clears throat> yeah, I always um, it, it, it's it's to the it's it's the. I always remember something Kevin Nash told me, which was you, it, it's a lot harder to make money off of things that you don't advertise. Um, you know this situation again, it's kind of torn. It's like you're you're expecting people that are really plugged in to know, and they've seen the rumors that she signed, and they're picking up on the little Easter eggs that we just discussed. Um. But, you know, this is where, where again, I, I would go to your AEW. You're trying to have year-over-year growth. You're trying to grab new fans. And if you're getting – and if you have acquired one of the most well-known, famous female wrestlers that was previously in WWE that's, that's, that's been on top of the mountain there, that's an acquisition that you would think you could try to draw in some new viewers of people mm-hmm. that really haven't given your chance, your product a chance early or haven't done it at least recently. Maybe they did it one time, checked out, whatever. This is a chance to try to get them back in. Um, but they're not going to be clued into these Easter eggs and things like that if they're not watching your program already. So you know, I, I tend to agree, like just make that part of the announcement of, of wait until you see 
the debut appearance of of our newest uh, of our newest acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. It is still five weeks away, so it is possible that maybe they get a little more uh, blunt with their promotion of her. Yeah. Uh, Calling the event not just big business, saying that this is go- this is going to be. A- I don't think he used the term game changer, but he said this is going to be an unforgettable episode. And he said it was going to be the memorable ep- night in the wrestling business. And, and yeah, so so <clears throat> unless you hear, can you smell uh, when <laughs> playing? When uh, I don't know. Anyway, Matt, give me a thumbs up if you're ready to come back in. All right, Matt. There All right, hey guys, I'm on my phone right now. Like my computer is. There's no Wi-Fi in the surrounding area, so uh, not even another network. Sorry about that. No, uh, we're, you're we're looking, talking, you still yeah. look and sound good. You're good. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. but um, we're talking about uh, the the big announcement. Big yes. business. And uh, we're talking about the Easter eggs. The Boston business. was spelled boss, B-O-S-S-10. Yeah. The S's have dollar signs. So obviously, just much much like when Punk went, showed up in Chicago, the uh, worst kept secret for AEW. There's no, there's no secret that this is what's going on. I think... When we follow, I know, you know, a lot of people lump certain reporters in the same light. Um, I tend to trust Sean Ross Sapp. Sean Ross Sapp made that call and that that this was imminent uh, not that long ago. So I felt so confident about it. I actually bet someone online that Mercedes wouldn't be at the Royal Rumble one. And uh, <laughs> I, I think this is great for AW. I don't know how good a job they'll do at debuting her and what they're going to do with her and what kind of platform she has to raise the other talent up but i'm curious to see good for AEW. um it's it's huge news for them it's a big get it is a big get and i and I, Matt, I was just saying a second ago before you i think i don't know if you were heard this part <clears throat> i'll be curious what you think i was saying to jimmy that you know i on the one hand like i get it like you know you're you, you know it's like it's, it is the worst kept secret so people everybody that's clued in that reads the internet that, that watches AEW regularly they're all expecting her right but i also said i said to jimmy you know, she's somebody who was one of the most recognizable female names in WWE. Um, and so if you have acquired her, this is a great opportunity. She, more than most other acquisitions that AEW has, is a chance to try to bring a new fan in, a fan who hasn't really sampled AEW or hasn't done it at least recently. And for that reason, I would I would want to be splashing her all over every billboard and every promotion possible to draw up that interest rather than waiting for it to be the big ha moment. Uh, the night of the show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you stand on surprises and how you promote them, but that's that's kind of my take to this one. Uh, my take is you try to make as much money as you can, and usually it's with an announcement, right? However, this worked before, and everybody were talking with CM Punk. Everybody talked about, wow, what a genius move that was with CM Punk uh, to not say his name, debut him in a huge stadium in Chicago, fill the place up, and I think in this case it's fine because. The clues are so much more overt, you know, like we know she's coming. If she doesn't come, there's going to be a huge issue. And so I think in this case, I can understand Tony Khan doing it because it worked so well for the CM Punk debut. That could not have gone any better. Yeah. Now, and if I could just counterpoint that just for a second, though, yes, it did work like a charm for the CM Punk thing, but CM Punk, the CM Punk situation is completely different from what we were getting here. Yes, Mercedes Monet is is a very recognizable talent, former WWE superstar and well known, but Punk has this different aura about him. And it was like Justin said in his hometown of Chicago 
you know, and and yes, Mercedes Monet is from Boston. You said Justin, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Massachusetts, yeah, yeah. Well, from Massachusetts, but it again, it's it's. I, I hate to say this apples to oranges thing because it's not that that different, but at the same time, like I said, Punk had a different aura about him. It, he people wanted this so bad. Well, and I'll say this too about uh, you know. Go, you know, there's obviously has been another conversation with AEW lately. It's been the trend of their attendance. You know, if you follow like things like WrestleTicks and accounts like that, you know the, you know the some of these buildings that are set up for ten thousand and they're doing three thousand or, or less. Um, you know, TD Garden's a big, big barn up there. Been there many a times for wrestling, for hockey, for for all the likes. Big barn up there. Um, you, you better, you better, you better get a good fill in there uh, if you're announcing this. This, you know special of a show and, and all again all the more reason why i would just make it known that she's going to be there I, I would flash it on every billboard in boston that she's you know i would that's me though because you know don't set don't set this place up for twelve thousand and you know again draw four mm-hmm. no we'll see uh, and a nickel's worth of free advice to both of you if you haven't already learned this if you ever if you ever have anything critical or not even critical but just anything that's not overly positive about anything you watch of Sasha Banks, uh, now known as Mercedes Monet. Don't type it on Twitter. Oh. She, somewhere in the world, there's a room full of Sasha Banks bots. Just, <laughs> if you say, if you say, if she wore blue, but you say no, she wore teal. You, it is the end of your internet for the next few days. I can, I can. Yeah. Just, just a bit of I, I, I got a taste of it the last few days, just for something uh, uh, the other company did. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, I for one welcome our Sasha Banks spot overloads. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like that you bet somebody too. <laughs> she wants yeah. to be in the wrong. That's great. Good. Good on you for the side hustle, there, Matt. You know, hey, but you know the the story goes. Uh, he uh, as soon as I won, he blocked me and ghosted me. So then, um, wait, the I, guy you made the the guy you made the bet with just bailed. He just bailed. But here here's the great part though is that I was going to use the money for my music school. So I said, and everybody was just killing this guy on Twitter. Like he couldn't comment on anything without one thousand people going, "Pay Matt Coon, pay Matt Coon." So I said, hey, leave this guy alone. I don't want to be part of a harassment thing. But here's a wish list for my music school. And I bet the guy $500. And I put the wish list was about $600 worth. And people on Twitter bought it all up. So I got the same amount of stuff or more for my music school for this guy ghosting me than I did by winning the bet. Well, that's all. That, that's good to hear that the people in the world came through that's that's a good positive story that i I don't yeah i don't be part of harassing said individual and causing him any any mental whatever but what a what a move bet you and then just bailed the next day like that night he's like good job man we'll catch up tomorrow i'm like cool and the next day as soon as i click on his name it's like you can no longer send messages i laughed i was like okay of course I like, take it this is I take it this is not somebody you know in person or that you can see regularly. No, but it was somebody who had their face and name that I I dealt with a lot on Twitter that I thought you know hey well whatever you know because I totally would have paid like the minute she showed up but you know and I didn't have any inside info but from what Sean Ross Sapp was saying I just knew she's not going to be at the Rumble you know but yeah. I was just tired of people saying I'm like five hundred bucks he's like I got it I'm like all right you know I don't mind making money for my music school I don't mind at all there you go. Well, I'm glad it worked out that you got $600 worth of, of stuff for, for your school. That's uh, mm-hmm. a perfect time real quick before we segue into the, the back half of the show. Uh, g- give a plug for your music school because I know I, I do see little things. I've seen you post some clips of kids playing. They sound awesome. Give a plug. Well, it's Mako Music School. Uh, Mako is in Matt Coon Music School in uh, Mechanicsville, Virginia. And uh, you can uh, hit up the wish list over on uh, my Twitter at Matt Coon Music. But most importantly, everybody should know that anybody can play music. Any kid should have the opportunity, and kids can do so much more than you think. So when you just, you see the stuff that my kids do, which is amazing, we're we're great. Don't get me wrong, but any kid could do that with the right teaching and the right encouragement. So encourage your kids to follow their their passions. Not every kid should play sports. Some kids play music. Get the most out of them, and you will be shocked at the things that they can do. Very cool. Very awesome. cool. I, I, I was fortunate enough, Matt, to, to do both, play, play sports and play music. I, I played sax in school, so, uh, yeah. Nice. That's the best of both worlds, you know? Music yeah. should be everything somebody does, just like sports should be everything somebody does. The best part is when you're a kid, let the kids find the things that they're passionate about, you know? 
Yeah, and, and speaking again, not to harp too much on this, but again, you said music is so important. Even in the wrestling industry, music is so important because you hear those first notes of someone who is over huge, and you hear that crowd reaction. It, it it's everywhere. Music is everywhere. I can picture a young Jimmy Corderas with the mullet hair, <laughs> just being a Greek god playing that sax, seducing the ladies with its sweet symphony sounds. I can, I can. I can see it. I can hear it. Yeah. At least someone can. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's. that's but the fun, the fun part was, uh, uh, again, uh, just a little side track here, was I started with the alto sax in school. Then it was the tenor sax. Then I played the baritone sax because I was the only one at the time who could carry it home to practice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big horn. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, no, music's ever music, man, music cues are for us. I'll say this last thing on, on, on the music bit before we move on. Uh, and I had this conversation, uh, uh I had it the, the day after Rumble with, with uh, Denise Salcedo on Busted Open. Was my one one of my complaints I had about Rumble, uh, and I love the minimal, minimalist entrance. I like, I like that. I love um, emphasizing the big, the big crowd in the stadium, but part because of not having a lot of video walls to see names, but also even bigger sound. That buzzer hit too many times at Royal Rumble. The three, two, one, earn, and it took me longer than I care to admit. And I'm a guy that talks about pro wrestling on the microphone several times a week. It took me longer than I care to admit to have to figure out which talent was coming out next because the music was not. There was not a production sting at the beginning that made me go, "Oh, that's so." Yeah, there was just there was just too much too too much generic. Uh, the uh, the product, you know. I'm in a position now because I've done theme songs for people that if I'm critical publicly, I hear about it from people, but I'll say that the music should represent the wrestler and you should know the wrestler when they hit that music. You know, uh, Deanna Perrazzo's uh, music is great for, I did her theme in impact uh, as well. And, you know, as soon as you hear certain notes you should know it's a certain wrestler the cfos were amazing at that of course jim johnston is amazing at that you know mikey ruckus does a great job but he's got a lot of themes to do too um but in in more often than not he hits it out of the park but the fella the deaf rebel fella over at um uh wbe some differentiation different styles of music something that represents that person the way the perfect example is Mr. Perfect's music. It should represent you the way that that music represented him. Well, Absolutely. Yeah, even the smallest of touches, like, you know, when, when, when Flair came back to WWE after WCW was purchased, of course they stuck with his famous Space Odyssey song. But even just the littlest thing of just adding the woo at the very mm -hmm. beginning, just before that, uh, you know, just the littlest things. Yeah, Jim Johnson, can we, uh, we, I know we want to get the referees in the Hall of Fame, and Jim, we're going to line Jimmy up for that. Can, can, can Connor, Paul, can we please get Jim Johnson in the damn WWE Hall of Fame, please? And, no kidding. And and and, and on on us on a side note, since Matt mentioned Mr. Perfect, uh, I give myself a little pat on the back because uh, little known fact is I named the finish the Perfect Plex. Oh wow! I, I came up with a name for that by oh. just just off the cuff. Real quick story was he he was having a match at Maple Leaf Gardens. I was standing right beside Jack Lanza when he came back, and Jack said. Vince loves that finish. You got to come up with a name for it. And it just popped in my head. And I just said, Jack, how does perfect plex sound? And he says, we got the name for your finish. <laughs> and he presented it to Vince, I guess, at the next TV. And 
damn, there it was. It's well, a hell of a lot better than a fisherman suplex. That's uh, a <laughs> Jim. Wow. Uh, somebody go out there on the somebody go out there on on on, on the late current innings uh, Wikipedia. Mark it down. The Jimmy Corden Harris named that finish. I love That's these fun Jimmy. That's huge. Very cool. All right. Uh, talking about music and somebody synonymous so in wrestling with music, Chris Jericho going up against Takeshita, of course, with Don Callis in his corner. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs is also out there, but he's going to end up getting uh, neutralized by Sammy Guevara later uh, with, with a chair at one point. But the big thing here is Don Callis is going to uh, hit Jericho with a screwdriver, and that is going to then segue uh, moments later into Takeshita getting Jericho inside of Jericho, uh, getting Jericho inside of his own finish, inside of his own, you know, steep Boston Crab, Walls of Jericho's Lion Tamer, whatever you want to refer to it as, and getting Jericho to tap. Uh, so Matt, we've seen Jericho lose before t- uh, in 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 upset fashion, if you will. We saw him lost to Action Andretti a year ago. I think he lost to Hobbs somewhere along the way. Uh, this, though, maybe the biggest because, I mean, he's, he's tapping out in his own finish. Now, what they do with it moving forward, we'll have to see. But what a win for Takeshita against Chris Jericho. I'm wondering if when uh, Jericho told Callis to bring him a screwdriver, if that's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted his Grey Goose and OJ, but that's what he got. <laughs> <laughs> he, he answered the screwdriver, and Jericho's like, what is that? That is not what I asked for. Uh, when are we going to learn that Jericho is not the guy for this stuff? Like Jericho's not the guy to get the younger guys over, you know, to, to, to grow them. It just doesn't work. It's not anything Jericho's doing wrong. It's just, just his character where he is. You know, the only way to make this work is if, if, uh, if Takeshita, uh treated him as badly as Jericho treats the cover songs he sings. Like, that's the only way this would work for me, is if it was, like, really quick, over, punishing, done. That was a Chris Jericho music joke, by the way. And um, I would have liked to see uh, Takeshi to roll through him, uh, not another prolonged match with with this victory. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, I mean, I Matt makes some points here. I mean, that... Uh... Jericho's tried to give the rub before by doing the job, but it. But I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's Jericho. I don't know if it's you know the bookie or what have you. But uh, I'll be really curious to see Takeshita's booking and, and treatment over the next few weeks here. Yeah, it's it's where do you go next after this, and that's the big question. And 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 I get what Chris is trying to do is get these younger guys over. I know there's a lot of people out there saying that well Jericho's a guy who refuses to put the young guys over. BS. You know, he's make he's making more money than any, than any other wrestling contract he's ever had. I don't think he minds ex- losing. Ex- exacto mundo, and you know, I I just thought the match there were a lot of bumps. Too much were were I thought Chris landed too close to the, you know that like that like blue thunder type bomb from yes. the top rope. I think Chris Jericho got really beat up in that match. There was more than one occasion I saw yeah. Jericho's head hit hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the 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 other thing I didn't like was okay. Here comes Sammy. He hits Hobbs in the back with the chair, and he turns and no sells it. I mean, come on! It's then he hits him. Then he hits him square in the face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I get it. You have to because the hit in the back didn't work. At least sell a little bit where he has to hit it a couple of times in the back, you know, to get you to, to sell even more. But the, the no sell of the chair shot, so everybody else now 
looks weaker because a chair shot to the back makes you crumble. You know what I mean? I I, I just didn't like that. I, that and, and on the finish, uh, I, I get the concept of him tapping out to his own finish. But at the same time, they hit him with the screwdriver and put the rear choke on him or whatever the, the move was. The referee raised his hand twice, and he held it up that third time. Let it drop that third time. Mm-hmm. Let him choke out Chris Jericho. Yeah, the fact the fact that he kind of rallied there for a minute almost kind of null and voids the screwdriver uh, aspect of the whole thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um uh, Jimmy, this is a uh, something from the chat room. This is a this is easy segue for a cheap plug. I would grab the prop, but it's too far away, and oh. I'm not allowed to leave. Uh, this is a uh, Jake Stone. I, I, they, they people enjoying the story you're telling the perfect lessons. He says, "Jimmy, you got to make your own book, legend." Well, Jake, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should come up with one. Jake, it's a fantastic read. Uh, I've read it. Uh, it's it's a great read. It's got a lot of great stories. Um, forward by. The one and only Adam Copeland, Edge, uh, really great book. Yeah, so. yeah, he he was he was tremendous. So yeah, I love Adam for that, and for just for being the guy he was. Uh, so many other moments that, that I could, uh, well, read the book. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't give it all away. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I love I love the stories with uh with you and Andre towards the beginning. Oh, some of my favorite. All right, it's uh, main event time. Uh, tornado tag match with your AEW tag team champions Ricky Starks and Big Bill defending against the undefeated tag team of Darby Allen and Sting. Sting's got his uh, his son's front row watching along, and uh, this one <clears throat> all over the place as the tornado is going to be. Sting does a crazy dive off the second balcony of the bleachers. Um, <laughs> I don't know how Darby Allen's Darby. There's a spot where Darby. Uh, suicide dives through the ropes. Big Bill's on the outside. Bill catches Darby, uh, and then in, and then keeping the momentum, does a giant. They call it a boss man slam, which would be you know, boss man slam, and just you know, Darby back bumps on on the outside, and I mean it just I I could feel the air leaving Darby's body as he laid there, and 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 yeah. and, and he I'm was there. The sound when that happened, like I'm ninety percent sure. I made a sound on my couch when that happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, again, if you didn't see Dynamite, if you're looking for us to give you the highlights, <laughs> go see the spot. It's uh, it's it's brutal, but uh, worth seeing. Uh, finally, though, we're gonna get the Scorpion Death Drop from Sting on Ricky Starks. One, two, three. We have new, as Howard Finkel would say, AEW Tag Team Champions and Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, Sting's f- f- sons come in the ring. Confetti a flying, titles being raised, commentary is given the stats. This is Sting's 25th championship in his illustrious career. Of course, we're now you know inside of a month until he's set to retire and right off the sunset. So it's all glorious. <laughs> and then the EVPs of the Young Bucks attack <clears throat> with baseball bats uh, and bloody up Darby Allen. I did not see how they bloody Darby. I don't know what I don't know if it was a bat shot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Darby blade. I don't know, but but in a matter of seconds, Darby was gushing blood, dripping it all over their uh, pristine white suits. They beat down Sting. Uh, tons of heat from the crowd, so this got a reaction. Uh, right. And, of course, this leading into the uh, match in Greensboro next month. Uh, Jimmy, what would you make of the match? What would you make of the heat afterwards? I guess, I guess this was a match designed to, to keep um, Sting safe. 
in some regard. But then when he jumps off the top of that entranceway, uh, and yes, I get it. You got Big Bill down there to catch you, who could do a good job doing that. But on the other side, <laughs> uh, Ricky, I don't know. It almost looked like, and I hate to make this a bad joke, someone like Sting looked like he hit his right hip when he landed on, on yeah. the road, you know. A guy his age and hip, you know, I don't want to get into that kind of thing, kind of thing. But uh, uh, I guess it served its purpose to get to the next stage, which is the match with the with Nicholas and Matthew. But at the same time, uh, you missed a lot going on because you had them separate too much. You had Sting and and, and Ricky over here. You had Big Bill and, and Darby over there. So they were doing stuff at the same time. And you were missing a lot of what two of the guys were doing because a lot of the focus was on Sting beating the crap out of Ricky Starks for the most part uh, outside the ring before they got it inside the barricade, so to speak, where you can kind of keep an eye on everything. But at the same time, even when they were in the ring, there's stuff going on at the same like. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Like Big Bill hit that big clothesline on Sting on the outside. At the same time, they were doing a, a yeah. A sequence on the inside of the ring. So I always think when they because they like to do these tornadoes and and I know you you and I have that joke of well isn't that every tag match in AEW? Yeah. <laughs> but when they advertise it's going to be that and they're going to be like I was just just split screen, yeah. just split screen. Because uh, you're right because it's too often you end up missing because uh, there's not enough coordination. It doesn't sound like prior to these matches to space these spots out. So you end up uh, having some of these guys do some of these spots and they're burning through them and almost for no reason if the camera's not going to catch it. There's Matt. also another option, though, yeah. like, you know, if you watched FTR versus Briscoe's, the uh, dog collar match, mm-hmm. if you watch that match, man, they they're split up the whole time and they they honestly look like they're taking turns and they're they're not looking at each other. They're gauging it by the crowd. And so you literally have time to go to this person and then go to that person. And and so it can be done as opposed to what Jimmy's saying, which is this is free for all which splits our attention, splits the crowd's attention and leaves the production truck, uh, in a nightmare. Yeah. Matt, what, um, what do you make of this? And commentary leaned into it heavily. And then obviously the angle the past few weeks, the bucks are, you know, they're, you, Oh, you arrived late. They're harassing people backstage. They're watching from a monitor, like kind of like in a control room kind of thing. And in commentary, really selling it, you know, as they got blood on their suits and they're just and they're ruining the celebration of Sting and Darby. You know, these I don't care if these guys are EVPs and just really what do you make of them leaning into the titles that these guys do legit have in the office? Uh, what do you make of that being used as heel fodder? I think it's fine. I think it can work. I'm not sure it's exactly clicking right now, but I think it's it's the perception that many of us have of them behind the scenes turned up to 11. You know, I would have, I don't know if it's possible, but I would have liked to see Ric Flair be involved and get that heel turn on Rick on Sting. Like, you know, that would be great. And then could you imagine Ric Flair with the two guys? They already have suits. Ric Flair, imagine the Bucks showing up drinking that god-awful energy drink. Like, you know, and saying this is, Everyone has to drink this drink now. Like, there's so much more opportunity, and not just with Flair. There's so much opportunity to do more. Um, Ricky Starks and Big Bill kind of being used as kind of this uh, conduit to get the belts over. I think we saw the first flashes of Ricky Starks becoming a good guy again uh, when he hesitated doing the spear on Sting. Um, Sting is amazing. You know, you talk about him doing those dives. 
dude is not a little guy, by the way. So we're talking about a 60-year-old who's like 6'2", 240. Like, he's a big guy. I liked involving the Suns. Um, I liked them getting beat down. But this is a Bucks we haven't seen before. It's not a Bucks that I think makes money yet, but maybe after the match at Revolution. And again, I know we, we did this earlier with the world title. Uh, I'll ask you guys again. Was we're a month out, early bets, early odds. Uh, Sting and Darby have to do the job, right? I mean, the the, the Bucks are winning these tag titles, Jimmy. Correct? Uh, you would think. You would think, but again, it's it's his retirement matches. It's his, you know, uh, do they do something along the lines where, hey, they defeat Matthew and Nicholas, Sting goes out as a champion, retires as a champion, but then that leaves Darby without a partner, and Nicholas and Matthew using their EVP power, strip him of the titles because he, you know, his partner is gone and you, you can't just replace him with anybody. So you are no longer tag team champion and, and, and somehow relieve him of the titles that way. The one little thing I'm, I'm going to nitpick and I sorry, sorry to get off your topic of your question there, Justin, is when, when they came in and did the attack, uh, the Bucks, yeah. using white bats mm-hmm. as well, what, what does Jericho bring to the ring? A bat. Couldn't they find something else? There's so many weapons that have been used in wrestling, but the bat is now tied to Jericho. Use something else. That's, it's a little thing that was kind of like, ah, maybe they could have had something, a white pipe, mm-hmm. you know, metal pipe or whatever the case may be, you know, instead of a white bat. It, it's a little thing that kind of made me go, okay. Oh, Come on, you could have found something else. Well, if we're gonna, while we're on that with little things, if we want to go little little nitpick, I, I also thought, you know, okay, we had a big table spot earlier in the night during that match with uh, with Swera. Now we're doing another table spot here in the tornado tag again. We have enough weapons, we have enough things. To, you know, what do we need to do? Do we need a book in the show with table spots? But yeah, the the only thing is in the tornado match, it's not a disqualification like it should have been in the first one, <laughs> like you said. <laughs> Correct. And have- I know people are, to, just so they clarify to those out there that are going to complain and go, but how come when they do it through the announce table all the time? Because the announce table is part of the set. Mm-hmm. It wasn't brought out from under the ring. You know, it's like it's like throwing someone into the stairs is not a DQ. But if you pick up the stairs and hit them with the stairs, now it's a DQ. And and, and am I, is that correct in the tornado tag? Was it the tornado tag? Yeah. Uh, somebody was in a submission and somebody grabbed the ropes. The, ro- the rope break is not uh, valid in Tornado Tag. Is that correct? Well, you 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 can't submit someone while they're in the ropes. It just it, it no. It makes, uh, it, it they, makes don't to, they don't have to break the hole because there's no DQ. So you right. can't force. Them. But at the same time, it makes a submission null and void because <clears> they are in the ropes. It has to be a, you know a pin or submission in. But, but there's no ro- but there's no top. rope break because you can't enforce a, a five right. count. To, uh, exactly. Uh, I was moving about when that happened, and that's Paul's. And I made a note to ask you, to, you know, on, on the rule book there. I know you have the rule book always handy. Uh, always. Hey, real, <laughs> real quick, big shot. I think Big Bill looks amazing. Oh. I, I mean, I and and maybe this might be one of the best big men that AEW has presented. You know, we we of course have talked about the missteps with Wardlow at times, and uh, Lance Archer, you know, or Brian K. You know, guys that just can't get any kind of real momentum, you know, they, they might get wins on the B or C level shows, whatever, but in terms of when it really counts and matters, 
Uh, but I think Big Bill, even though I know he just lost the title tonight, but I think he just looks amazing. So um, he's another one I'm watching. Now that they're not tag team champions and Matt alluded to it earlier, it looks like Ricky Starks might be heading back to the babyface side of things. What do we do with Big Bill? Hopefully, again, as all the toys that Tony Khan has, hopefully he does not get chucked back into the toy bin. I, I wouldn't mind a name change. Like, I don't like the name Big Bill. But <clears throat> I was in Philadelphia, what, four years ago, three years ago, when um, Big Bill, as Cass, uh, fainted and um, was was uh, made the headlines as far as, you know, he was passed out. And, you know, I acted like I was security. I, I, I started shoving people's cameras away like I worked there, but I did it. Um and so, like, to see him going from that to this is amazing. Like, I don't know the real story behind, like, I don't know the details, but I'm sure it's amazing because dude looks great. He looks happy. He's kicking all kinds of butt. He's done everything in every moment to keep making his character and, and his him as a, as a commodity increase in the eyes of the viewer. Really happy for him. And especially being there, like literally a foot away from him while he was passed out those years ago that made those headlines. It's incredible to say that everybody can redeem. Everybody can come back. Everybody should get a chance to do what Big Bill is doing now. Yeah, hell of a comeback story for him. Uh, I still owe him a receipt from a choke slam a couple years ago. But that being said, I still support <laughs> Support the guy. Um, all right, so that was your AEW Dynamite tonight from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, so tag team title change, two number one contenders for the world title, big business Dynamite coming in five weeks uh, with the inevitable debut of Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks. Uh, so AEW got some headlines, got some things to work with. Uh, we'll see again how they continue to build on this uh as we move forward uh final thoughts and cheap plugs jimmy go ahead sir uh again another okay episode of uh, uh dynamite uh minus the little things of course uh, tight screws still need to be tightened there i wish they would you know uh pay attention to to the booking side of things as opposed to putting matches together just because these guys oh we're gonna get you know what uh, I hate to I hate to par paraphrase uh, your your buddy your fellow busted open uh, compadre over there, Bully Ray. But I couldn't give the rats, you know what, about five star matches. Just entertain me. You know what I mean? Tell me a story that I can get behind. So what you're saying is they need to somebody needs to take Don Cal's screwdriver and tighten some things. There you go. Exactly. But other than that, you know, there's stuff I like. There's stuff that didn't sit well with me, like pretty much every episode. So uh, no wrestling show is perfect. But uh, as far as where you can find me, you can find me here on Wednesday nights. And uh, also on Monday nights after Raw, you can catch me on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner and RJ, who holds the glue together. This week we had Trevor Murdoch on. Uh, awesome, awesome chat with him, you know, on the NWA and mm -hmm. some some stories that are worth listening to from him which was which was really cool and uh next week we have shark boy which should be interesting so uh, you know we're having fun doing our thing and of course i'm having fun doing my thing on the on the riff and rants every monday through friday just like i said little critiques here that uh, not to tear down but to help tighten screws again there we go don Callis, can i borrow that screwdriver if i can and uh having a little fun with it let's put it that way and have sipping some coffee 
<laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Matt, thanks for jumping in and joining us uh, tonight. Uh, give me your final thoughts on Dynamite and anything else you'd like to put over the uh, going on. Sure. Uh, Dynamite was fine. It was fine. Like, they made the Mercedes announcement. Nobody's really caring that much about AEW these days because WWE is grabbing all those headlines. But I think it was a good show. But I also think they're really solidifying what they're trying to do, building up their viewership a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit at a time. But they're kind of keeping the same vision now, which I think is good. I think consistency is good. As far as where to reach me, you can reach me at Matt Coon Music. You can you can uh, hit the wish list and, and donate some money to my for-profit uh, music school for these kids in, in, in lovely suburban Virginia. Or you guys can check out uh, Ugandan Championship Wrestling. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's these fellas in Africa that don't have a ring. They got four posts. They're working their butts off, and they have a GoFundMe. And if you've seen it, you should hit up that GoFundMe because it's amazing stuff. And um, uh, check it out. I think it's Ugandan Championship Wrestling. And uh, hit up there, GoFundMe. Uh, before we go, Justin, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a bold prediction about the press conference tomorrow? Um, I do. I, I, I do think, I mean, I, there's a lot of layers and levels to this fantasy book, and I do think that uh, one of the things that will come out of it is that that will be announced that Vegas is the site of next year's WrestleMania. Um, I, I, I've tossed out the idea as we're all trying to solve the Rubik's cube. That is mm. the rock and Cody and Roman. And supposedly this is all one big work that they, they know what they're booking here. Uh, so, but why did Cody win the rumble then? And I, you know, one thing I tossed out was maybe, you know, maybe rock and Roman is announced that we've seen them do this, with the rock before and maybe it's announced as next year's mania. And then they, they announced it's in Vegas next year. But then I know that Cody just said that he's coming for Roman, but it's not at Mania. I I don't I don't know where they're at. I, I'm 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 baffled by by this. I I, I hope that they've I, I hope and it's all said and done that they work me and it's like a big ta-da. They really, you know, I've seen other things. Cody goes to Madison Square Garden, where his dad couldn't get that title, and and that's in September, right after Roman passes Hulk's. I, I don't know, but I but I do think they're in Vegas. Obviously, it's strategic because of the, the all the media being there for Super Bowl. But I do think uh, Vegas seems prime and ready to host a mania. And I think that's where they'll be at next year for forty one. So that's nice. that's my low that's my low hanging fruit prediction. Thanks. Um, and I actually, <laughs> Matt, I have seen clips of the Ugandan, and I have to say, if you one of the clips I saw, I saw, I forget what move it was, but they did, did a move, and I was like, that person sold better than some of the selling I've seen on Dynamite at times. <laughs> Uh, wow. they're good they're good they're hmm. they got you know they they can't even afford the land that they're using to to um do the wrestling on they're doing it on grass they have to rent that land to do the wrestling on that land so that's what the gofundme's for hopefully eventually they get a ring and we can watch this become a story and maybe gosh you 10 years from now five years from now maybe we see some talent come out of there you never know yeah, cool. give people an opportunity you know Cool. And, and I hate I hate to do this, Justin, because you did mention Madison Square Garden. And, and the one thing that I do like about that story ending at Madison Square Garden, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Godfather. And we have this is a comparison. I don't know if this makes sense or not, but the opening scene of The Godfather is in Vito Corleone's office where he's conducting family business. The ending scene of The Godfather is Michael Corleone in that same office conducting family business and I, in a nice long movie 
told a great story and I hopefully maybe that's the direction they go. I don't know. I, I just hope I hope that they 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 are smarter than all of us and they know uh, what they are doing. <laughs> Maybe it's been a lot of I mean obviously the death threats are ridiculous, but um, oh, yeah, a lot of negative you know sass from a certain segment of the audience on the rock. Matt, maybe the Rock needs to go over and buy the Ugandans the wrestling ring and really babyface himself up. <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't hurt. You know, uh, as far as my prediction goes, since nobody asked, I'll just say it. I think uh, <laughs> um, I think the plan has always been. Roman Rock since before Royal Rumble and that's what they're going to do tomorrow is Roman Rock and I would even say at the end of WrestleMania we're going to see Rock actually win that title that's my prediction I'm not for it but um, I believe that's what's going to happen all right. Well, since you open this 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 manhole, we're going to stick with it for a minute, okay. <laughs> Matt. So my 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 counter to that, and I and I, and I think you you might be, I think you're probably right. It, Rock and Roman, you know, you're probably doing it this year, you know. The Rock's been talking, you know, we did obviously a little bit of media where he kept alluding to it and Mania 40. My question to all that, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deny The Rock versus Roman. It's a, huge, it's a huge deal. Why have Cody win the Rumble then? Okay. So. Either either have Punk win it, and I know that would have been a tragedy because Punk then gets hurt, but, but, but that would at least have made sense. Punk wins it, and uh, why not have Punk win it, or, or, or why not have The Rock just enter the Rumble and win the damn Rumble? I, I just I don't understand why Cody wins the Rumble. I know he gets put in the history books. He's he's now there with Austin, Sean, and Hogan as the only people to win back to back. But why have him win it and then six days later step aside and let somebody else come in and dance with the prom queen? I just don't get that. To make him maybe the ultimate martyr, so to speak, because he did say in the promo that he had counsel from several people. Yeah, and we don't know who the several people are. We only know the one. That came out to to the yes, it was Birmingham, Alabama, but still got that amazing reaction, because like we've talked about earlier, it, the people heard. If you smell, and I, regardless of the fact that some people were expecting and hoping for it, it worked that night, at least for that night. But we haven't heard the reason why. So I'm hoping at the press conference we hear the reason why, and Rock puts Cody over to the moon. Yeah. I. I- I, I hope so. Um, but I have a theory, Justin, because like what you said, nothing makes sense. Like you can bend this one way, the rumble doesn't make sense. You bend another way, the rumble doesn't make sense. So this is a theory that's my own entirely and based on no knowledge, okay? okay. So like The Rock, Ari Emanuel is his agent, um, pretty much runs, Ari Emanuel pretty much runs WWE, makes these big picture decisions, right? But there is like someone who does more day-to-day stuff there. And that guy maybe didn't care as much about The Rock, you know, being presented the way he is as much as he maybe believed in his own vision. And The Rock and Ari aren't sitting there watching the Royal Rumble. They don't care about the Royal Rumble. They care about what they're doing. And Triple H and The Rock have had a very long-term rivalry I don't think they're friends. I'm not sure they're friendly, you know? So I think maybe this was Triple H just saying, well, I had Cody doing the uh, Rumble. I know you're doing Rock for Mania, but have fun with that because that's the plan. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the only thing that makes mm-hmm. sense to me at all. I, I I would, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go long-term with you. I, I would dispute the, them not being friendly. I think, right. I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think Triple H obviously sees the value of having the rock around, and I don't I don't think there would be as much animosity there as 
maybe there once would have been back when both were talent, both fighting for a spot. But nonetheless, it's going to be fascinating. Between that scenario of The mm-hmm. Rock and Cody, I don't know if they're what kind of questions they're going to take or if the questions are going to be – if it's going to be – screen but obviously with all the news going on uh, like, uh, I, like I talked to you about Justin make it about family yeah you know what I'm saying it, it, you know quite honestly the I think the best solution really the boat and the simplest solution and, the, and it doesn't null and void the rumble whatever whatever is a, it's a triple threat it's Roman versus Rock versus Cody you have Cody you know Cody and, and, the, and the Rhodes family and then obviously uh, the, the Anna Wally family like I mean you, you have family convergence there if, if Cody wins, he walks out and beats both Roman and Rock on the same night. If Cody doesn't get the title, it still can be somewhat protected. I mean, I just I, that to me the triple threat's the way to go. I know we were, I know some people were bemoaning triple threat earlier when we were talking about the AEW World Title, but to me, and it's not like my first pick, but where we are now, that would at least get us out of this where it makes sense. Where it's like Cody wins a Rumble, he gets his damn match. But the Rock's the Rock. He shows up. He calls out Roman, and, and that's that's just what it is. So, and to me, that's a sexy marquee, quite honestly. Um, hmm. But I don't know. So we'll <laughs> between that, between are there going to be questions directed at, at Triple H or anybody else uh, again? As as these, it's going to be the most well watched WWE press conference of all time, times mm-hmm. ten. So it is a success, regardless. Uh, Chad W with a super chat, so I want to get him in. It does not does it not devalue the Rumble moving forward if Cody. Doesn't face Rumble. I mean, it does. It's there. I mean, the Rumble's still the Rumble, but it does. It, it sucks in the moment because you're like, well, why the? I mean, all those those thirty people just fought for what? Um, there's we'll a, there's another world title. I mean, that's Cody's. I mean, Seth is making a good case for it. At least he's you know had had Seth not lost to Cody three times already. Seth pitch. Seth's pitch would be great, but the fact that Cody has already accomplished it, it's it's just it's. it's but it's, but Seth said that. I, I, I you, yes, you beat me, but I need to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the to the to the super chat. Absolutely, it's important for people to watch shows to follow the rules. Whether it's a Marvel show, whether it's a Netflix show, whether it's wrestling, and investment in Cody's story for two years and it being dished aside. He's got a lot of fans that are kids. They're confused. For fans, longtime fans like me, I at least know the winner of the Rumble is going to challenge for the belt he wants. And now it's like, not if the Rock comes. And that does take some of the light off the Rumble. The Rumble's still great, right? But it does lose fan investment in the on-air story, which, as we've said, is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, Matt. You mentioned this. This press conference is going to be uh, huge, widely watched. Who's attended? It's free to get in. I actually, I mean, it's very possible to think because I and then Collision's running Henderson, Nevada, which is a a suburb of Vegas on Saturday. Um, (laughs) And I don't think it's a far fetched prediction to say the press conference with no wrestling being advertised Hmm. uh, will probably outdraw what Collision does. An audience on Saturday. And I don't know I, what that means, but I think that's going to happen. I pitched Harwood today on invading the press conference. <laughs> he, he didn't want to do that. He didn't uh, think that was a good idea. So yeah, uh, what? Because you know, poor collision. There's, you know. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they get some walkups. Man, people bored the night before the Super Bowl. I bet Collision gets some walkups. Hopefully. I'm not, I'm not a Vegas aficionado, Matt, but I haven't heard too much about being bored on Saturday night in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Just that, that's a that's a that's a really really good point, Justin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
You're absolutely uh, right. It's right. amazing. <laughs> I want to go there now. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll end with me on top of that last point. Uh, thanks to both of you. Uh, at Justin Labar on the socials. Uh, follow me uh, wherever your social preference is. Um, here most Mondays. Uh, no, not, I was not here this past Monday. I apologize. But here most Mondays on Wrestling Inc. with uh, Jimmy and Jack after Raw. And you can catch me every single Friday morning on Busted Open. Me, it's Spar with Labar with myself. Thunder Rosa and Dave LaGreca, uh, usually in the first hour. And then I have all three hours. I have control of the entire ship on Sunday morning. Myself and Jonathan Hood on the Busted Open Sunday edition. Uh, big things happen in Busted Open. Uh, the podcast version, which is the 45-minute version of the show. Uh, number one podcast in all of pro wrestling. Oh, top yeah. tw- top 20 in all of sports yeah. this week, which is amazing considering the Super Bowl. Thank you. Uh, and then the radio show. The uh, radio show is just recognized as uh, number 24 in the country in terms of all radio show, all sports talk radio shows that can be nice. heard uh, nationally. So uh, a lot of good things about Busted Open. I encourage everybody to check it out if you have not done so uh, yet. Uh, thanks to everybody here tonight, whether you're watching live in the chat or watching live wherever you are, or if you choose just to listen to us, that's great too. No matter what, leave a nice comment, leave a five-star review, uh, be nice, put some positive in the world. We all uh, certainly could use more positive yeah. than we could negative. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Jimmy. Thanks to all of you. Uh, Enjoy your wrestling, be good to each other, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.